Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the WCBC Podcast. My name's Hunter. My name's Alan. I'm Josh. And we are here, and we are ready, and we are in a new room. Wow. Um, guys, what are your first thoughts? I, I, this, this new room has been revealed to us. I think it's another step, just another yes. phase. Yeah. And God developing, and uh, it's it's brighter. Yes. There's not as many bugs. It's not. We've got some acoustic sounding tile on the wall. And I'll take a picture of it when we get done and put it on our little Facebook so people can kind of see what we're working with now. Yeah. Uh, and as we've told you guys, and we've never really put a date on, we are we do have video in coming soon. Um, we're still in the process of getting that worked up. Just a lot of great things going on here at the church. And, you know, what I think about is, like, when we keep God first, and ultimately, but when we understand that He's sovereign, and we completely trust Him and His will, and we'll just subject ourselves to that will of His, um, and ask Him to bless, but God thinks it's kind of a freeing thing, because we just show up and we're obedient to what He's called us to do and the opportunity He's given us, and He's the one that adds the growth, adds the opportunity, and brings that fruit forward. Absolutely. It's that's the thing. Like even earlier today in Sunday school, me and Alan were talking, and Alan made a mention, you know. And, it, and I was just sitting here thinking when you were doing the intro to this and about the new room and stuff. And I mean, the circumstances, the situation, the environment is better. Yeah. But it's still different. Yeah. And it's still enough to like put it a little bit like un, of uncomfortable. That's one thing we were talking about is you know how comfortable we become. Yeah. And uh, it is good, I think, to get out of your comfort zone every yes. now and then and get a little, little bit. Yeah, awkward. I don't know if awkward is the right word. Well, I, it, I don't know what to do with my hands. Type, not, yeah, not, not that type awkward, but just a little bit of where I'm less dependent on my yeah, MLA, less dependent on my uh, own ability and more yeah. dependent on God. Absolutely. Well, and I was thinking too, like we're over in the main church now, and so um, you know people start rolling in in about forty five, fifty minutes. And what I think about, too, is, like, people are here throughout the day, so, like, a lot of people are probably going to listen, and they're going to hear us talking. And so that kind of instills in me, like, I need to make sure what I'm saying is correct. I need to make sure it's 100% biblically true um, because, you know, people are going to be listening to this and wanting to know what we're talking about and what Bible places we're in. People might want to come in and sit in and watch. And, you know, this will show the church, like, hey, we're here, we're doing this ministry um, for the edification of the church, Absolutely. but to just talk about the Bible. But the thing is, is just talking about it, we've got to make sure it's like, you know, if you put me on the spot about a certain subject, I need to, I need to know. Yeah. I need to be ready or I need to keep my mouth shut. Yeah. And so that kind of challenges me on that. But, uh, I mean, you guys kind of said it too. God's given us this opportunity and our church, man, they support this and uh, we support that. Uh, you know, they want to come and help and be a part. And, and I love that. And uh, a lot of people don't know this too, but like the other half of this room is our associate. Well, he's being voted on tonight. Me and Jake are being voted on tonight. But our new pastor, Jake Evans, this is actually part of his office if he gets voted in. Now, oh. if he doesn't, you know, we'll What's just, we'll take the whole room. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. But uh, <laughs> we share this room with him because uh, he's only here a few times during the week. But the Jake's, room- Jake's been on our podcast a time or two, and uh, uh, just a blessing to have him uh, it, joining us and uh, looking forward to all that God's going to do uh, through him and uh, all of the uh, exciting things yeah. that God's doing. And, yeah. and you just see things unfolding. Yeah, like letting us share a room with him. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, hey, today we're going to continue our conversation. Also, we've got these like 
chairs, okay? So these aren't like we went and bought new chairs. These are like hand-me-down used chairs no one uses anymore. But they're rolly chairs with cushions. And I can't help but like pull my mic back and just like... But they're real, and I'm I'm thankful for these because let me tell you, you get me comfortable, you give me some coffee and a bible, I might talk for three hours in their element right there. Now. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's how we want yeah, to be put. So, uh, and, and what I love too is like, see, here is a ministry that our church has been able to approve and support and be for. And God, I mean, it's just like all this stuff. God blessed us with this stuff. He gave this stuff. Someone was led to get it. And what I love is when me, Josh, and Alan aren't sitting here anymore and we've passed on or we're somewhere else, this is an opportunity that three other men can come into and be like, you know, we're going to keep continuing this with about the Word of God. And it's not about us, but I'm glad that God allowed us to start this, the yeah. foundation, because, you know, if this church will utilize this in the airways that it reaches, they'll always, 20 years, 30, 40 years from now, they'll still be able to do this. Exactly. When you're my age, Hunter, you may even hear of somebody <laughs> that's life was touched. Yeah. You know? Yeah. From an episode that was yeah recorded long ago. So that's that's one thing that's exciting about yeah. this, this type of ministry. Uh, the possibilities are limitless especially when you combine the holy spirit and god yeah. and his infinite uh, abilities with it and there's there's nothing that can stop it and what i like is most of the things that i've heard are professing christians that go to church here go to church somewhere else and they're like we really enjoyed the conversation you all had this week it was interesting and i think it's kind of like we've talked about this before we're able by leadership of the Holy Spirit, maybe to talk about things that a pastor may not be able to spend an hour on, right? Because a lot of times when he gets up, I mean, he is preaching discipleship, but he's that evangelical side of it. And we do that in here as well, but it's like here in a few weeks, we're going to start covering theology, whereas a pastor may not be able to take four or five, six weeks to go through different theologies. But we can in this room because it's kind of like, we have the opportunity, but the area in the room where, like, we can sit down and talk about those things. And, you know, people get to hear testimonies, right? You don't get to hear that a lot. And, and it's just a great tool that I, I feel like has sparked a lot of uh, provoking thoughts in people's minds, keeping them thinking about the Word of God and uh, biblical doctrine and things, but also sparking people to be like, you know, there's realness to this. Like, I need to pursue this in my own life. I need to know what these things mean. Or like maybe they hear a testimony such as like when Cody came and they feel uh, inspired in a sense of like, man, God is good. And that's what I like is because this provokes the mind because like people can't see us yet, right? Now, when the videos come out, they'll be able to see us. But still, the things we talk about are mostly to provoke someone's mind to think about the things of God. And, you know, we all, the three of us too, I mean, we teach in this church as well. And so we love the teaching aspect that we get but what I love is nothing is better than sitting down with two brothers in Christ, same mind, same accord, same Holy Spirit, and we get the same Word of God out, even though we might use different translations, and we just sit here and just dissect through the leadership of the Holy Spirit the Word of God. And most of the time when we pick a topic and we go into it with a, a, a prayerful a, a preparation and we're, we're studying and, and we're taking notes, when we come in here, 90% of the time, we've all got different notes. We've all yeah. got different reference scriptures. And we've all got different uh, ways that God has, uh, you know, impressed us with the yeah. topic. And uh, I, I think it's a unique uh, a unique way of looking at God's Word. Yeah. And, 
God's word is our ultimate source of truth. It's, I mean, this is our bread and butter. This is what we base our lives off of. It's like, you know, <clears throat> Jesus in the Gospels paints the picture exactly, of exactly. building a foundation on what he says or building a foundation on what he doesn't say. And so the three of us as Christians are like, okay, well, this word is God's word, and this is what we want to build our life on. Why? Because it's like building our house on rock. Exactly. So and the Gospels are all very similar. Yes. But they all bring their own benefit and element yeah. to the to the table and, and it's all about what christ said which ultimately is the word of god but he is the word that came in flesh john yes. 1 14 and when we build our house or our lives on what the gospel says no matter i mean some talk about different details some talk about the same but ultimately it's all about christ and when we build our lives on what christ says then that's when the scripture also says the rain the storms the wind beat upon the house and what happened it still stood and so that's why I love this podcast is because we're here to say, hey, we are proclaiming that this is what our life is built on. We challenge you to do that, too. And, you know, iron sharpens iron, and we are called to push each other uh, to that life source, to that way of living. It's like, you know, I'm not much of a uh, like a, a Facebook blogger um, or anything like that, but, you know, I put something on there today about... You know, in First Peter, when he calls us to be holy, he's like, be sober-minded, all these things. Our pastor's going through that on Wednesday nights, but you get down, and he's like, be holy for I am holy. And here's the reality. Um, something that I said was, you know, are we pursuing that as the children of God? But here's the other question. Is our church that we attend pursuing that as a body? Because secularism has crept in to the church, but also that secular life has crept into the Christian's life. And when we look at the biblical things that we talk about, the doctrines, the subjects, it's kind of making that sense of like, okay, here's the word of God versus here's what the world does. And that's what I love is because you might listen to a lot of different people, but like that sometimes can be a hindrance because how do you know? Like in 1 Thessalonians when it says despise not prophecies, but test them and hold to what is good. How do we know how to do that if someone's not being the beacon of light that's saying like, listen, this is what the Word of God says. This is what God wants. And then we compare the Word of God to what others are doing. How do we know what's pure? How do we know it's right? So did you, uh, it, the message Wednesday night that our pastor preached talked about us girding our minds. And when we talk about girding, that's a, a another biblical term that, you okay, Hunter? Wrong hole. Somebody smacked him on the back. <laughs> when we talk about girding, these chairs. it's a it's a biblical term. Oh boy, I'm good. I'm <laughs> good now. Yeah, I'm good. I drank water down the wrong hole. I'm good. I promise. But girding, it's it, we talk about scriptural terminology that us church kids have yeah. heard all of, all of our life. Uh, but that's a term that means to uh, anything that's going to hold you back or, or, or anything that's going to prevent your mobility. They would gird themselves. <clears throat> To prepare for work. Yeah. Uh, A a good terminology that that really uh, springs to my mind is rolling your sleeves up. Man's getting ready to roll his sleeves up. He's getting ready to go to work, right? So uh, our pastor preached on your mind and how you, anything that could distract it or could snag it or you could get caught, roll those things up and, and put them away and prepare your mind for the work of the gospel because the things that the world is going to put out there are going to do nothing but trip and stumble and cause you to fall. Yeah. 
And uh, again, this is another use of uh, uh, of this podcast to help our listeners to understand concepts that we talk about on here. You're not probably not going to hear it at the water cooler at work. Yeah, you're not going to hear this things at the ball game or in the locker room. These are things that uh, God's people need to be sharing. Uh, yes, we need to be sharing this in the locker rooms and things like that. Yeah, but uh, here's where we get prepared for those opportunities. Well. Go ahead, Josh. Well, this is a this is like a dialogue that needs to be taken place more so and more often. Exactly. You know, there's the the with the three of us sit in here and we have dialogue, and that's what separates it. So, if a person's sitting, you know, under a church service of a traditional service, they're you know they're hearing preaching, but they don't have the time to sit there and dialogue it. So then, if they get home and say their spouse or you know is non-believer or is not yet to have came to faith or even doesn't put emphasis on the things that are of spiritual in God, they're not going to sit there and break down the word of God, which is good though, is that, you know, we have this platform that we can do it. Yeah. But it's, it's key that we take it beyond here that, yeah. you know, while we're at the workplace, you know, that we have this same dialogue yes. and that when we use it, you know, the thing is, is that when we show somebody love, we can do it in correction with love by using the Word of God. Yep. And we can show them their error in correction by using the Word of God. Because we separate ourselves and we take our part out of it, and it becomes about the Word of God. And that's the thing about it is, you know, all of us that came to salvation came through the Word of God. Yeah. So when it becomes an emphasis in our life, it should be something that we choose to take to the water cooler that we take to yeah. our neighbor that, you know, we share with others because, you know, if we don't have, if we don't have, I guess, uh, the, the comfort, I don't even know what the, if we're not comfortable enough to talk about it outside of the church house, the only way that we can is by reading more, studying more through prayer and then start putting it to practice. Yeah. The thing about it is every athlete, every job, you know, I mean, it's repetitiveness. Even in schoolhouse, when you send your children to school, it's repetitiveness of learning. And it's the same thing with it. When we start sharing our faith, it's awkward. When we start having those discussions, it's awkward. Until we make a practice out of it where it's not awkward because it truly is stuff that, you know, I mean, Sunday's, Sunday's sermon pours out into Monday's workplace which then goes into act on Tuesdays, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing about it, because if we just let it at Sunday, it just falls flat. Well, and what I was thinking, too, is like, we don't just talk about biblical dialogue when we push record. Like, outside of this room, other days of the week, other nights, other we continue to have biblical dialogue with the three of us, but also other people in this church, other brothers in Christ. And that's what I was getting ready to say is like even during the week, like you have an opportunity to build a relationship with someone who's a believer or not a believer. And through that relationship, have opportunities to have casual, engaging dialogue about the scriptures and about the gospel. I mean, it's like, you know, before I was able to come on staff with the church, you know, I work for the school system. So once a day, right, one of my coworkers would ask me something about my opinion on the Bible or an opportunity would come up to be like, can I just talk to you real quick about something? Can I share this with you? Or guess what happened at church? Or this or this or this. And that's what kind of Josh was saying. It's like at that first moment, that first couple of weeks, it is a little awkward. 
But once you really get to know somebody on a personal level, it's not that you're just having shallow conversation. You're having a personal conversation with someone you know about something that completely matters. I mean, it's like this. You know, I had coworkers that I don't know if they were truly saved or not. They would tell me they were, but they had no interest for church. But yet when they would come to me with their problems or their issues or they would ask for prayer, it wasn't just some casual, you know, Yes, I will pray for thee and do this. For It was like, okay, well, what's going on? And then they would tell me about the family member, right, that I knew or the, the boyfriend or the, that I actually knew. And I love that because, you know, we're not called to just have these shallow relationships with people or just, you know, oh, we got to mention the word Jesus. Let's check it off the list. We're good. Let's move on to the next one. We're called to, like, get to know people. We're called to have relationships with people. Now, I'm not saying that you need to go hang out where sinful people hang out or lost people hang out and do the things they do. No, but you are, you've are you got to build that relationship with them and talk to them about life, answer their questions about God, and share the gospel with them. Now, ultimately, is everyone going to want to be your friend forever? No. I've had people be like, well, I don't want to talk to you anymore. I don't want to be your friend anymore. That happens. But what I love is what Josh is saying is I think a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on what they need to do to talk to someone about Jesus or how it's nerve-wracking or how it's this. But here's the reality. You can talk to people. Jesus said that how we love each other, our own brothers and sisters in Christ, is an evidence to the world that we belong to Him. So what we've got to realize is we, yes, we do get to talk. Yes, we do get to help. Yes, we do get to share. But it's not about what I do. It's not about me. It's about Christ. And that's why in that moment, a lot of people, you know, how, how, what do we, how do we disobey? How do we do this? Listen, when you are in public and you know that you are supposed to talk to someone or you know that you're supposed to ask someone to pray for them or this, God will press it upon you. It will be so strong because why? We are the body of Christ in which He uses, right? And that's what I love about God is He makes those moments aware where all we do is say one thing, right? Or have a conversation. And we walk away, and we walk away with peace. What? Because we've ex- exalted Christ. Haven't exalted what Hunter did right or wrong, we shared Christ. And you know, this podcast is another thing in which... Yes, this is for the edifying of the body, but you know we sit in here and we pray that this would go to someone who's lost and that this could be a tool in which God could use for someone's salvation. But the the other side of it is we live in a day and age where like entertainment is so hard to find that like is biblical and holy, and that's why when you get on like the podcast apps. You can listen to anything. You can listen to sensual stuff. You can listen to inappropriate stuff. You can listen about HGTV. You can listen to this or this. And what I love is God has allowed us to do something that provides some sort of entertainment. And when we make these videos, it's going to provide some sort of thing that if someone's like, well, I want to watch something or I want to listen to something, then they can be like, oh, well, I'm going to go listen to this instead of go listen to, you know, old Bobby talk about what this is happening in this. And, you know, I feel like this has just been an opportunity that God has blessed us with tremendously. But the reality is this. God has blessed us all with opportunities in which we can have dialogue and conversation about the gospel. And I I love these two men because they challenge me to study more. They challenge me to get uncomfortable myself. 
Um, and, and, you know, being able to go out in the community with both of them, they challenge me there. And that's, you know, to say this, like, we're going to do that in here too. We want to challenge you all. Talk to someone about Christ. Be separate. Be holy. Be an ambassador for Jesus because you might be the one person that that person needs to encounter in here. Um, and so, guys, with all that being said, I mean, we're just thankful for this new room. We're thankful for what God's allowed us to do. We're, we're just so motivated by scripture and with all that being said you know we're going to get into the spiritual gift of administration today um so when you look at this gift it can be found um let me pull it up right here it can be found i I believe it's first corinthians verse or chapter 12 verse 28 and it mentions the word administrating Uh, other versions might say government other versions might say guidance um, and when we look at this this gift, right, I'd like to bring a word into this because, you know, as we've talked about many of times, Scripture was written in Hebrew, Greek, you know, that's the original stuff that it was written in, and so we want to try to get to the core. Uh, and so when we look at this word, and you have to forgive me because, you know, huh, I might butcher this, but it's kubernesis, kubernesis, and that's the best pronunciation I'm going to give you guys, um, but it means this. I love this. Listen to this. To pilot a ship, directorship, and government. So here's a a common sentence that we can add to this. People who have this gift are good at guiding ministry. Even guiding people with other gifts, they help people organize and lead things. And so when we look at the spiritual gift, it's like today, you know, when I was going through this, it's like, wow, you know, this is a lot bigger because like when you talk about piloting a ship, right? It doesn't say, like, captain to this or, like, ruler. It talks about the one who drives. But when you think about piloting a ship, now, I'm not, like, a pirate or a pro on, you know, the history of pirates and stuff. But think about this. Like, you have your pirate. You got your sails. You got cannons. You got ropes. I mean, I'm sure people have seen some sort of movie where people are operating a pirate ship or, like, a sailboat. There's a lot of things going on, but what I love is the one who's kind of orchestrating all of it is the person that's driving the ship. Like they're saying, go do this, go do this, go do this. Hoist the mainsail. Yeah, something like that. Batten down the hatches. And what I think about is someone who is really good at orchestrating ministry. So like the person that's kind of behind the scenes setting things up, making the calls. Um, It's like this, you know, if you have, let's say you're going to have a festival, right, for your church. You're going to have a church festival. Somebody's going to have to drive the ship. Someone's going to have to administrate that, right? They're going to have to be the organizer because you're going to have, uh, you're going to have like games, you're going to have food. You might have a prayer booth where people can go and pray and receive prayer. You might have uh, community things like soap, deodorant. Like you might have all these things going on, but someone's got to administrate that. Now, in this church, one thing uh, I think of is I think we have a lot of people that have this gift. And, you know, I, I think specifically like about uh, Miss Tracy, right? She was our former children director. That woman right there, organized. She was able to put things together, right? But what I love is when you talk to her, you know, she wasn't the teacher on stage. She wasn't the teacher in front of all the kids. She would literally say, my gift is administering this, you know, doing all this. And so when you look at it, this is a person, uh, and I don't know about you all, but gotquestions.org is a great place that provokes thought about biblical questions. Um, they say this, administration administrators are leaders. So like when you think about it, like a school administrator or like Miss Tammy, our secretary, right, administrator to the church, 
she is all about organizing things, making sure everything's taken care of, and she has to lead in that. Miss Tracy had to lead in that. But even like uh, I, I have a, a guy, there's a guy at Severe Heights, uh, Pastor Doug, right? He's one of their associate pastors. He is like the pastor of the pastors. So what he does is he's always behind the scenes. And he just, you know, when I got to meet with him, his description was kind of like this. You, you have a rocket ship, right? So he's the guy that built the rocket ship and would do all the things, but he wasn't the one who got to press launch. That was the youth pastor, right? So if they had a youth event, he's doing all the behind-the-scenes work, getting all the details, getting everything administered, getting everything organized, and then at 6 o'clock when service and worship kicks off, who walks up there and pushes launch? The youth pastor, because he's doing the preaching. And that's what I, I remember these examples because that is a great way to look at the spiritual gift of this administrator, the person who can organize and can lead and can keep all things together. Uh, an example I saw online was like, you might have a pastor, right, who's obviously gifted for shepherding. But in his personal life, he may he's probably not the guy to do the administration for the church. Why? Because he's the shepherd. He's wanting to lead the flock, preach, feed, take care of the flock, and then all of a sudden you look at this role of this person that comes kind of beside him and administrates and keeps things together. And this is, I mean, anytime you have a leadership in a church, you're going to have somebody that has the gift of administration. Why? Because it's needed. I mean, why would this be a spiritual gift that the Holy Spirit would give if it was not needed? And it is. And I think that this is something that, you know, if the church can look around, right, and see that they have people with this gift. They have a great tool. They have great tools in their midst because these people are gifted in the sense of organization. And leading, and I don't know about you guys, but see, I love uh, I love shepherding. Now, do I love planning things and putting things on putting things on absolutely. But here's the thing. You ask me to sit down and go through all the business of this church and organize the money and organize this and the bills and this and this and this. I'd be like Y'all need to call somebody else. Why? Because we need someone with the gift of administration for that. And so, guys, when we look at this gift, right, here's the first question, whoever wants to start. How would this gift be very useful and helpful to the modern-day New Testament church? So when we talk about gifts and how different, I mean, we've been on it for a while now, and everybody's not got the same gift. All gifts are different, and there's... Uh, some complexity when it comes to the purpose of the gifts. And, and when that gets askew and gets out of whack, you get folks that want to get glory from it. You get folks that yeah. want recognition from it. And, and if you go on and read there in verse uh, uh, 21 of chapter 12, uh, it, it talks about, you, you, you know, the eye wanting to be the nose and you want this one's, yeah. you know, if everybody can't be the nose. And yeah. uh, there, there's, different people with different things that they bring to the table, those unseen roles, the, the less comely, the ones, you know, everybody can't be the, the, the glamour feature of the face. Somebody's got to be those inner parts, those parts that yeah. are essential uh, uh, to the, the working of a, a, a an organism, like a, a body. And uh, we know that the, 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 Church is the bride of Christ. It's a, it's a, it's, it's we're the body, we're the hands, we're the feet, we're the things that do the work, and that 
harmonious, uh, complementary uh, function where we're all uh, got the same goal in mind, but we don't have the, all have the same ability or talents. That person that has that gift of administration to see that this one needs to be here with this one, and then they complement yeah. each other and they can work together <clears throat> and to utilize their gifts in a scriptural way to see the kingdom move forward. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, v- a very valid point. I mean, you did a great job explaining it because that's the thing that the thing is, is that which one is better? Exactly. N- none of them. None of them. None of them. And where did all the gifts come from? From God. Exactly. So, right. I mean, if, if we're really looking at it, it, whether you do one of the gifts or the other one, even though that they're completely different. Yeah. They're both doing this exact same. Yeah. Because exactly. they're both giving honor to the where the gift came from. Ain't none of us have a gift on our own accord where Mm-mm. we can stand and be like, look at me. No. He's, it's him. He, it's, de- it's, it's, he determines. Gonna, exactly yes. right. Dude. Right. So there's nobody with any gift that's any better than any other person on it. You know. But the thing is, is so if if we look at all the gifts that were that God gives us, wherever he places us, that's where we are to be obedient to him. And to serve him yeah, yeah. is because wherever yeah. he placed us, he put us there. That's right. And if we can set ourselves apart just for a split second, you know, and I mean, truly, if we're, if we're going to be honest about it, if, if take that pride out of it for just a split second, Ooh. because most of the time when you talk to somebody and be like, hey, maybe this is your spiritual gift. They're like, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. I want to do this. And then you or just ask them, I want to do this. Well, who wants to do that? Is that because you truly have been in prayer over it and this is where you think that God is leading you? Yeah. Or is this your ego that's speaking and then you just want this part of it? Well, and I think too, like, Josh, you made that comment of like, well, no, that's not my spiritual gift. I mean, I want to remind people this. Timothy did not have the gift of an evangelist, but Paul said, do the work of an evangelist. Why? Because it's important. And so we also have to understand that like these gifts were given to us in order that we could serve the body of Christ. We could do ministry for the edification of the body. And so when someone like approaches you and you're like, oh, well, no, I'm good. That's not my gift. Bro, just serve. I mean, fulfill, fulfill that because I'll say, I'll say this. I know people that may not be teachers, but they're having to do it because no one else will. Thank God for them. Yeah, because every church in America, they're I mean, having to fill in the, the the hedge because the people who are gifted are not stepping into their places. And so I, I think there's a, a, a area like a let, let's say this like if we had a box, right? I think there's a place in that box where we can say you know some people are operating in areas they may not have to or need to. Why? Because nobody else will. Like that Sunday school teacher that might be like, well, I really feel called to evangelism, but I'm in the Sunday school room because these kids need to be taught about Jesus, right? Okay, they're filling in the gap because nobody else will. But what I love is like, you shouldn't use that as an excuse if you're truly, truly pursuing Christ in the way you should. Because when someone comes to you and is like, hey, um, you know, we have an opportunity for service. And then you're like, oh, serving is a spiritual gift. That, Oh, well, that's not my spiritual gift. I'm good. When, when, How can we use what's given to us freely as an excuse to not do something that might edify the body of Christ? I'll echo I'll, I'll the words of our pastor. People all the time say, I don't. I really don't know what God's will is for my life. I struggle <laughs> yes. with what I, I struggle with understanding. I used, I've said that when I was younger. <laughs> I struggle. What's with, God's will? I yeah, don't know. I struggle with understanding what God's <laughs> want, you know what He's got. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a. You know. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a singer. I don't, I don't understand what God's 
That's the thing. So I don't let, understand what he's going. Can I can I add into that? I've heard so many people be like, "Well, I'm not a preacher, so I don't know what to do." And I'm like, "What do you mean you don't know what to do? There's a whole body that makes up the body of Christ. Quit focusing on the guy who has the gift to teach and preach the word. Go ahead, Alan. Head up, listeners. You listening? Yes. It's God's will that you be sanctified. Yes. Be in the sanctification process. Here's what's going to happen during that process. You're going to start having some revelations in your spirit about what God's word means to you to be more Christ-like. In that, you're going to understand that in humility and meekness and singleness of heart, there will be some things that you understand, man, I am fortunate. Yes. I am lucky. Yeah. I I am blessed to be where I'm at. By his grace. opportunities that I've got. Yeah. I can't read. I can't do whatever. I can get on the stuff. <laughs> I could list off the stuff I can't do. We could be here the rest of our time. But here's what I want you to understand: because there is, come a, on, there's a gratitude, yes, a sincere appreciation, yeah, for what Christ has done for me in my life. Yeah, I'm gonna do something. Yeah, I'm gonna do something. And, That's the key. Something. And, and God, will, and, and, yes, and He'll and reveal he, that to anything. He and, will, and He will reveal that to and you. And like you said, and it equip you to accomplish it. You said it. I mean, the nose shouldn't want to be the ear. The foot shouldn't want to be exactly. the mouth. But there, there is this thing of like. So I made the comment. You know, there is a space in where some people are operating in an area they shouldn't because no one else will. Now, is that the final goal? No, no because no, no. the people that are gifted and supposed to fill that part of the body need to do it. It's like, you know, if you have 10 people in your congregation that you know and they have expressed, like, I'm called to teach, you've heard them, right? And they're, they're like, this is a spiritual gift I have, but they're not stepping up. And, and because there's no class, I don't guess I'll do anything because all the teachers are already taking so, so They sit on the seat to do nothing. But they need the ultimate goal is to pray and that through the leadership of the Holy Spirit, they will step in so sister or brother so-and-so can step out and go into where they need to be. Absolutely. Here's the thing. We've got too many pastors and too many people in leadership having to spread themselves into so many different areas and positions because the church is to the point where they're like, well, that's their job. That, that's what they're supposed to do. It's like, you know, I have a friend that uh, he, he's a youth pastor at a church, and he got to preach one night, and the thing that God laid for him to preach was quit telling us it's our job. Do yours. Mm-hmm. And literally that's what he was talking about as he, he, he is a pastor having to do all of these things. And when he would ask people to do it or step into it or do this, their response was, well, you work here. We pay you. And he's like, no, that's the wrong attitude. Your heart's not right. Because too many people are having to spread thin. Not just pastors. We're talking about church members. They're having to spread themselves thin. Why? Because the church will not step into the position and the way that God's gifted them. And here's the thing. This is, and it doesn't frustrate me, but man, it just makes me want to be like, look, open your eyes. Is you've been saved by the marvelous grace of God. In his sovereignty, in his love for you, he wanted you to be saved. And you are a part of the elect of God. And this is what I love. You couldn't repay that with the... But any, 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 any how you tried, but you a repay part that. of that is not only has he saved you, but now he has go, he's going to call you and give you spiritual gifts in which you can participate in the edifying and the exaltation of the name of Jesus Christ. And yet we want to sit aside 
and not do anything about it and take advantage of what has been given to us through Christ. And whether it's the gift of administration, the gift of serving, the gift of mercy, the gift of teaching, the gift of evangelism, the gift of exhortation, it all has to happen. Why? Because when the body of Christ comes together and they function, the foot does what the foot needs to do, the hand does, we have a moving and active body in Christ that gives glory to what? The head of it. And that is Jesus. The um, the one thought that while you were talking about that that I had was is that you know it really ultimately boils down to it's not really even a matter of the church or what they're doing actively in the church. It's really a matter. I mean, you can go back one step beyond that, and it's a matter of their home life too. And then you go a step beyond that, and it's a matter of sin. Because the thing about it is when people come to salvation, they'll let go of certain things, but they'll hold on tight to another. And so if you really want to get down to it, it's probably a sin issue. It's not necessarily an issue of anything else. Perfect example. Why is so many mothers the spiritual leader of a home? The father's there. But the mother's the one that gets the kids ready for the church. The mother's the one that will pray with the children at night. The mother's the one that will. Why? She'll because do it. disobedience and sin <laughs> yeah. issue. It's a pride issue. It's yeah. an issue somewhere in that man's yeah. heart that is keeping him apart. Yeah. So from a guilty stance, he lets off and he's like, well, she's just better with the kids. No, it's not that she's better with the kids. It's that you will not fill the position. So she has to. Now you take it outside of the home and you bring it into the church house. Why is there so many teachers that are being filled and they're wearing multiple hats? They're teaching this class. Then they're getting done with that class. And on Wednesday night, they're teaching this class is because nobody will step in and say, hey, you know what? I I am able to take a, t- a yeah, teach a class. That's true, Josh. So what they do is they say, "Well, I'm not going to teach a class because of whatever reason be." Yeah. And then so we have many people, but like I says, it's not a matter of who will or who won't. It really is a matter you of know, the sinful issue of one's heart. You know, Josh, I think a good thought is like this. Let's say that the church, right, comes together and they're like, "We need someone to teach our 6th grade class." You know what the odds are that that teacher is already in the church every Sunday, every Wednesday. Probably a hundred percent. And that's what I'm saying. And that should kind of encourage people that like when people, the, they're there, right? The, the fields are white and they're ready. I mean, our pastor said it today, God raise up people in this church for ministry, but if they're not going to be raised up, then send them here. We've seen that too. Yep. And that's where, you know, listeners, as you hear this, I know that we come off sometimes as pretty serious. Well, that's because we are very serious in what we're talking about. But you have to understand that the body hurts. One body hurt, one part hurts, we all hurt. And I get that, you know, when death and things come. But we also have to understand that, like, here's the question. Does the body run effectively if all of the body parts are not willing to be effective? The answer most of the time is, Someone's going to have to spread themselves thin, and it will operate, and it will succeed in the name of Jesus because it's not about us. But the reality is, is if you have a congregation of 500, okay, let's talk about this. If you only have 100 out of 500 that are willing to dive in and serve and fill positions and do things, will that be effective for the kingdom? Absolutely. Can God bless that? Absolutely. But imagine this, all 500 get on board. And they're like, we're in. They get hand in hand. We're in. You put us where we need to go. And if there's nowhere to go, great. Let's take a group out into the community and start. Do you see the difference right there between now 
and the early church is what I'm saying. Because yeah. in the early church in Acts, we see that 3,000 souls are saved at Pentecost. But what we but don't... they lived it. Yes. They and, lived it. And a lot of those people, though, would eventually travel to the Rome area. And they would start, and people would be saved there. So here's the thing. You've got about 3,000 people that are literally 3,000 that are on fire. And they're growing daily, right? They wanted to continue in the breaking of bread, the teaching of doctrine, and were, the fellowship. They, they were radically, radically different yes. than the rest of the population. And that's yeah, what they can see like them, they, they so like they could hear them talk, right. and yeah. they could say, "You're followers you're, of him." Yes, they swell. They didn't just hear them; they saw how right. they lived and, and how like, they loved each other. Right? Okay, yeah. you guys are in. Let, yeah. Let's do this. But now it's like, okay, now we've got a hundred out of five hundred, and here's the thing: wherever you go, there's always going to be a percentage of people who do the work and those who don't. But see, my concern is more for the ones who don't want to do work because there's another question that needs yes. to be asked: Why? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at these spiritual gifts, it's like a question I ask. Should all believers know what their spiritual gifts are? Here's the answer. They will. Holy Spirit's teacher, he will reveal those things unto them. But what I think about is how many people will go their whole lives and have no clue. They'll have no desire. And so when we look at this gift of administration or the gift of serving or the gift of evangelism, right? God has gifted us as he has determined Severally, that we would serve him for the edification of the body of Christ and for the praise of the name of Jesus. And this gift, and I know we kind of went on a tangent, but it need, those things need to be said. And we'll say them as long as we do this session of spiritual gifts, because by Grant, bye Grant bye just Grant. opened the door. Uh, we will keep talking about this importance. Why? Because it ne- it needs to be said in this day and age. Because listen, there's a huge difference between the church when it was established and the church now. But you know, this gift of administration, guys, this is pretty big. All the spiritual gifts are big, and you know, we need people that are gifted. But when we look at the person, right? who administrates ministry, who keeps things together, or like right here, this gift usually revolves around business. Man, we need that. Yeah. And here's the thing. You might be listening to this, and you might know beyond the shadow of a doubt phrase that we've heard a lot in church. You have that. I want to ask you a question. How are you using it? God has given it to you. And here's a question. Somebody asked me this question once. Hunter, if God has given us a spiritual gift and we never use it and we never take advantage of what he's given us will could he take it away and i was like what a question but here's my other thought i want to answer that with another question how sad would it be to get to the point where you have to ask that question because you're worried here's what i'm thinking let's get in the word of god let's see where god calls us right Let's see, uh, you know, the areas in which God opens the door for us. Let's see the spiritual gifts that he's given us. And how about this? Instead of thinking of what's not happening, let's think about what should happen. Because if every believer would examine themselves and open their eyes to Scripture and the Word of God, like we talked about before we started, not only would they realize how God's gifted them, but they would know how they can embrace the grace of God and the gift that they have been given. And it's like this. If more people could open their eyes to what they have, they would see where they need to be, but also where they probably don't need to be. If more people would open their eyes, those people that are stretched thin and might have to operate in areas that they're not fully ready or gifted for or called to, they're just there because no one else is doing it, 
they can go to the areas where God has completely called them and, and devote their time to that 100%. Why? Because the whole body is waking up. And my friends, we live in a day and age where it's so easy to be lazy. And I'm, I am say that because I, I, I know what that feels like to be a lackadaisical Christian. Simplicity, right? Let's get up. Let's stop being lazy. Let's live for God and serve God. Because here's the thing. If I have to stand before the Lord right at the beam of one day, His seat, and He's going to bring up all the works that I've done, and I'll be rewarded for those that I've done righteously and those I haven't, imagine standing before the Lord and Him saying, Now you know I gifted you as a teacher, and you never did it. You never stepped into that. And then you have to look at the one who saved you by His grace and take that. That's heavy. Now, some of you might be listening to this and be like, man, that is heavy, but Hunter, we fully don't understand. I get that. But I want to tell you this. Standing before the Lord and having to see Him tell you, "You, you I gave you this work, I gave you this gift, and you didn't do it, so you're getting we hate and stubble. You're not getting rewarded for this. That would be hard. I mean, I, I think about the analogy of you know, your father asking you to do something or someone telling you to do something and you really don't do it. You kind of just, you know, halfway. And then when they show up, they're like, why, why'd you not do this? Right. Why does it not look, I asked you to do it like this. I asked you to take advantage of this. And you sit there and you're like, well, I just, I was tired or this or this or this or this, you know, and and I'm, and then they're like, well, you've really let me down. That guilt right there, that shame is heavy. But imagine standing before a holy God, and we have no excuse that could suffice an excusion. And that work burns up. And we hate and stubble. And we're not rewarded for that. Imagine getting before the Lord one day. And you have nothing to offer. Except a conversion. You might be thinking, but Hunter, isn't that enough? I believe so. Once you're saved, right? You're sealed. But the Bible also says that those who endure till the end. right? The Bible says you'll know a tree by its fruit. And you might be thinking, Hunter, well, uh, you, Josh, and Alan, you know, y'all been talking about some real stuff, but, you know, I'm just, I'm not in a good season, right? That's a thing I hear all the time. I'm not in a good season. This isn't a good time. You're not telling me that. Tell God that. I'm telling you guys, it, it frightens me. It frightens me that there are professing Christians who might have to stand before God one day and be on the opposite side of the team. That might have to stand on the opposite side. And God say, I don't know you. I, I Listen, I love seeing lost people saved. And I, I love seeing sinners talk to them. And hope and pray and witness to them. And I worry about them. But I can't help it but worry about those who are here every week. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A lot. And, you know, some people are geared to the, you know, we all need to be geared to sharing the gospel and evangelizing. Some are called to go out. Some are called to stay at home. We all have our places. But if you're listening to this, you might be listening to this and think, well, I don't have any spiritual gifts. Let me tell you a place you can start. Have you ever been convicted by the Holy Spirit of God that you're lost in your sins? Have you ever realized that you're truly lost and you're in need of a Savior and you're hell-bound. Because if you are a Christian, you do have spiritual gifts. You are called to serve Him. 
You are called to live a holy life. But if none of that's evident in your life, would you consider, would you contemplate, would you pray to God to reveal that clarity and that truth to you? Because He will. I mean, it's like a few weeks ago, we had a count, there was a counseling session in here, right? They come in with marital problems, but through the session, they actually find out that the husband's lost. By the end of that counsel, you know what happened? That man said, I'm convicted that I'm lost. I need to be saved. Is that you, listener? And maybe you're sitting here thinking, Hunter, I am saved. I know I'm saved, but I'm just not operating the way I need to. I, I'm in a backslidden state and I'm just I I need to get things right do this pull over go to a room by yourself what are you waiting on call your pastor call call some don't even call anybody don't matter you do how God leads you but repent confess your sins he's faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness all uncleanliness and take advantage of this life because life's a vapor, Scripture says. We're only guaranteed, you know, we're really not guaranteed anything, actually. We come out the womb and from there, we don't know what's going to happen. And so since you're not guaranteed anything, take advantage of the time you have now. Get right with God. Profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Repent, believe. But ultimately... You know, I think we could end it with this. God gave spiritual gifts because it's important. He wouldn't have done so if it wasn't. And so if God has seen it fit in His sovereignty to distribute gifts, telling us measure given, measure acquired, telling us that we need to be good stewards, think about this. The Creator of all things has given you a task on this side of eternity. How are you doing in that? Are you an administrator? Are you a server? Are you this or this or this? Whatever. Any of these we talked about. But it's kind of like I've learned. In my struggle with salvation in the past, you know what my first response was? I need to go talk to someone. I need to talk to a mentor, a pastor. I need to talk to someone, right? I need to fix it. I need to do this. The best advice I can give you at 24 is quit going to people and go to God. You're never going to find clarity to your answers. And so, my friends, I, I hope you're encouraged by this. I hope you see the need of stepping into what God's called you to do because these points we've brought up are not of our own knowledge or of our own uh, power, right? Everything we understand in here is from like 1 Corinthians 2, that spiritual wisdom, the Holy Spirit giving us this knowledge. And so, friends, I hope you would read the Scriptures and consider and ask yourself, are you where you need to be? Are you doing what you're supposed to do? Guys, do y'all have anything you want to add or conclude with? God bless. God bless. All right, guys, God bless. We love you, and we'll see you next time. Peace out. Peace out.